our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come on, join me right here. Give us this day. Come on. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever amen as you take your seats i want you to think about the prayer we all just prayed. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. I, I want you to think about the prayer that we just prayed. For most of us, we recognize this prayer, Tyus, as a common public civic prayer entitled the Lord's Prayer. I want to say that again. Most of us will recognize this as a common public prayer entitled the Lord's Prayer. Rarely do we take the time to understand some of the prayers that we pray. I was talking to our team this morning and, and we rarely take the time to understand why we are praying the prayers. Think about it. We, we just prayed a prayer that everyone prays. <laughs> Whether you are saved, whether you are a believer, <laughs> or whether you are full of sin, everybody prays this prayer as a common prayer entitled the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> I just want you to think about that. I, I, I want you to really feel the essence of what I just said. Everybody prays this prayer as a common prayer entitled the Lord's Prayer. Some of us pray the prayer because we were taught to pray it in Sunday school. We were, we were taught to pray it in our schools. Uh, uh, we, were, we were taught to pray it because we heard it prayed at the end of the football game, the basketball game. Uh, 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 it, it's commonly prayed everywhere, anywhere, at all times. And after the prayer is done, rarely do we see anything happen after that. Think about it. We, we just said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us this day. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our debts as we forgive those who are indebted to us. 
Some translations say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Uh, most of us pray the prayer, and when we get right to the lead us not into temptation, Father, please don't let me go to the club tonight and drink and get drunk. Uh, Father, please, but you're going to the club to get drunk. Okay, all right. I'm, uh, okay, I'll come right back. Everybody say, Pastor, come back in. Come on back in. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to the store to get the condom because I know I'm going to sleep with the girl. But I say, Lord, lead me not into temptation. But you're, oh, come on now. Uh, I'm, I'm going out here to kill somebody. But I, I say, Lord, lead me not into temptation. But I'm going to the temptation. I, I want the temptation, but then I like it. But then after we pray the prayer, we say, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Do you know the moment that you say amen, what you said is what you pray to believe to be true? Whew. Can I ask a question? Are we praying prayers that we know nothing about? Are we saying a prayer that means nothing to my relationship with God? Or are we praying prayers just because auntie, mama, the coach, somebody said, when you get in trouble and you don't know nothing else to pray, uh, pray the Lord's Prayer. That's not what he said. That, that's not the context of this prayer that, that that's not. And so as we enter our October series on prayer, I, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. I'm just going to say it. And so I really just want you guys to be patient with me. You know, my, my bishop and my pastor uh, said, do not rush the series. Do not rush the moment as I was sitting there and going through my study, because I didn't just start studying it this morning or, or yesterday. Uh, I started uh, sometime last week, week before last. And, and as I began to look at the Lord's Prayer, I said, there is no way that I could come up here and do this text of justice and try to speak it in one setting after I did the study on it. And I said, oh my, we could actually really teach the Lord's Prayer all year long. It's that full. The Lord's Prayer. Uh, but again, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. I like what Bishop McKinney would say, in earth as it is in heaven. Uh, give us this day our daily bread. Whew. Which bread is he talking about? Which bread do you need? <laughs> is it provision or is it the living bread, the show bread? Oh, come on now. I don't want, come on now. It, it, is, it, is it the bread that reveals unto us the, the bread of life? It, is, it, is it give us this day the book, 
the word of God. Come on now. I, this is good teaching already. <laughs> it's good teaching already. Come on. When we, when we think about it, give us this day our daily bread, but then forgive us our sin um, as we forgive those uh, who have sinned against us. Did you just believe what you prayed? You said, forgive me of my sin, but now that you've forgiven me of my sin, I can't forget about those who have sinned against me. Forgive them. Or did you just pray the prayer? You prayed the prayer so that means that now you cannot hold an offense against the person that has betrayed you. You cannot hold an offense against the person that dislikes you, that has done you wrong because you prayed the prayer. Think about what you pray. Come on now. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. But you still hate your mother. But you still hate your father. But you still harbor bitterness and wickedness in your heart. But then you say, for thine is the kingdom. Meaning that the kingdom of God overrules it all. Stay there, son. You keep me focused. Stay right there. Forever and ever, amen. Think about it. Never really understanding the true meaning of what you said. <laughs> Our Father, part one. Jesus takes us to the book of Matthew, chapter number six. Matthean text. Our sermon series will focus on prayer. We'll focus on the importance of prayer and, and why prayer is, is a vital aspect to my relationship with God. We will focus on how prayer builds and develops our communication. Uh, we will focus on how worship and prayer are not separated, but they are one. Come on now. Uh, where there is no prayer, there can be no true worship. Come on now. Uh, where there is no worship, uh, there can be no effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous. Come on. Can I just, can I just stay right here? Uh, when we look at prayer, prayer is something that is not needed, but prayer is something that you and I are obligated to. We're mandated to pray. And today, I just want to focus on our sermonic selection, Our Father, Part 1. I want you to hear this. The cry and the heartbeat of a child is to know the voice of their father. Without it, our children only know of a man who may seem to be their father. The cry and the heartbeat of a child is to know the voice of their father. However, without it, our children only know of a man who seems to be their father. 
many of us are fatherless in our spiritual relationship because we've never experienced the voice of God being a father. We've never really experienced these moments in our life, so it's easy for us to say, our father with art in heaven, which father? How has he been a father to you? What does he mean when you say our father with art in heaven? But I don't really want to focus right there. I, I really want to focus on this text today because I really think this is going to lay the groundwork for us to move into this prayer model. When we look at the text here, I want to take some time. And, and when we look at the text here in Matthew, everybody turn to the book of Matthew. I want you to go home. I want you to get your Bible. I want you to bring your Bible to church. This is a Bible. I want you to go home and get your Bible. I don't want you to read it from your phone. I want you to go home as your pastor. I'm telling you to bring your Bible to church. I'm noticing something that there is a major difference, and y'all know me. I love the iPad. I, I, I love my iPad. I live by my iPad. Everything is in my iPad. Everything's in my iPad. My notes, my Bible, I'll get there. It's, 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 it's in my iPad. Everything. If I lose an iPad, I'm like, man, I'm done. Let me start writing, because... All of my notes are in there, Every, all of my preaching, all of my study. I'm studying the Bible off of Logos. On the, and, and I'm sitting there, and, 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 and one day my, my, my good friend, he says to me, man, there's nothing about getting in this book. There's nothing about turning the pages. You know, there's nothing about picking this book up and walking around and reading it. I want you to get your Bible next Sunday, and I want, you to, I want you to bring it to church. I want you, if you don't have a Bible, I want you to spend money. The church is not going to go buy you a Bible. I want you to go buy your Bible. You can go get this Bible right here. I want you to get you a Bible that's going to make you study. I don't want you to get a Bible that's going to make you cheat. To give you all of the little footnotes and give you their little hearsay. Get the Bible that's going to make you be like, I need to go to this scripture right here. And the scripture reference on the side. See, that's, that's how they learn how to preach. Melvin Warren and my dad, they, they didn't have all of the stuff that we have, which is good. But a lot of this stuff is messing us up because they're cheat codes. So you don't really have to go to the scripture. You can go to Google and pick up a, 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 a version of the text, but you don't understand the version of the text. So you go to preach it, you go to study it, and you haven't done any research on it, and it means nothing. Good. So your pastor studies out of the New American Standard Bible. It is the closest version to the original Hebrew and Greek text. The NASB version, New American Standard Version, all right? Now, I know some people are going to say King James Version. 
well, it's really hard to understand the deist, the thousands, and the doest, and the. No, 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 no. If you want to follow me, grab your New American Standard Bible, the version. Go get your Bible. Go to Amazon. Go to the Bible store. Get you one that's good, a leather one. That'll last you for some time. Don't go get you no plastic one. Don't go get you no cheap one. Himley, just say this. I want you to buy the Bible compared to what you would spend on some shoes, what you would spend on some jeans, what you would spend, I'm about to hit the young people, what you would spend on a video game. Yeah, 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 I'm, yeah, yeah. So the video games, they start at $60 and up, right? Don't buy you, don't buy you no Bible that's under $70. Oh, yeah, because you, you, got, you got over $1,000 in video sitting in your house. I know my wife's saying, come on, baby. No, no, I got to teach this. Because if you just go get you a little old Bible, that little old Bible is not going to mean anything to you. You're going to go stick it. I want you to invest into your knowledge of what God is getting ready to reveal to you. Matthew 6, starting at verse 1. He says, beware of practicing your righteousness before men. To be noticed by them, otherwise you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. Listen at the Father. So when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. My God so that they may be honored by men. Truly I say to you that, that they have their reward in full. Verse number three says, But when you give to the poor, do not let your hand know what your right hand is doing. Verse number four, So that your giving will be in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So can I stop right there? So can we just, so can I just say that in most of our churches, we are committing this fraudulent issue that because we bless people, we have to publicize it? Because we give you a car, we have to do a video with the ribbon. Oh, can I just, he said, in the synagogues. Oh, I'm going to stop right there. I told y'all we're in a place where we're going to teach it. He said, they do this in the synagogues. They are bragging because they feed the poor. They are making videos and they are running down the street showing on their phone in the synagogues that we have just raised $500,000 to feed people. And he's saying, what in the world are you doing? He says, Let's look, look at it. He says, so when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet. Before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, my God, so that they may be honored by men. Because we believe that when we do that, people are going to say that your church is doing good and that your church is feeding people and that your church is doing community work. And he's saying you want to be honored by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their full reward. 
But when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving will be in secret. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Come on, stay with me, son. When you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites. Jesus, can we all just say, Lord, forgive us for being like the hypocrites. He says it right here in verse number five. When you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you that they have their reward in full. Number one, if we really want to learn how to pray and we really want to learn how to please the Father, we really want to learn how to worship, we really want to know how to see his face and love on him, he says, uh, uh, when you pray, uh, don't pray like the hypocrites. Do not pray so that your prayers are seen by others. Do not pray these prayers that mean nothing to you when you pray. Pray, uh, do not pray as if your prayers really mean nothing, but you're praying because you want to be seen and you want to be heard. And, and when you pray, don't be like the hypocrite that goes in and he's praying for four and five hours, but yet and still his life is a mess. Come on now. Uh, there is sin all over. Come on now. After you pray you smack your wife in the mouth after you pray you go to work and you cuss somebody out and you tell them you should have not come against me but you just pray come on he said don't be like the hypocrite don't don't give to the poor and then when you pray your prayer doesn't activate anything in my presence our father which art in heaven be careful that you don't pray a prayer that sounds hypocritical. Number two, he says that if you're going to pray, I like this. He says, but you, when you pray, go into your inner room. Close your door and pray, here it is again, to your father who is in secret, here it is again, and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Uh, number one, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who are only praying to be seen. Don't be like the men that you see, the men and women that are preaching this word and yet and still, come on now, your house is a full, it's full of mess, it's full of all types of things and now your mess becomes viral and your ministry grows because your life is viral. And your life is full of infection. Come on now. Uh, we are looking at a church now that you can cheat on your wife. You can be 
in a in a, an adulterous relationship and it goes viral and you gain come on now and you gain popularity you gain more money than you've ever had you sell more books and you get more tabs on your Instagram than the man who is praying in secret he says if you really want to honor me and please me and see my face go into a secret place when nobody knows that you're hurting when nobody knows that you fall into the ground when nobody knows that you have an issue and a struggle in your life but because you've learned to pray to me as your father Come on now, I, I, I know that this is real. We are so attached now to the viral foolishness of the preacher's life. We are so attached now that if the preacher doesn't have a bad story, then it doesn't seem like he has a good church. But you can have a bad story and you can have thousands of members, but not understanding that he says right here. Come on now. So when you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet. Don't sound your foolishness and don't give foolishness an eager moment where people can say oh well my pastor said that it's okay the devil is a lie he says don't pray like the hypocrites see this is this is uncommon today because we only care about the human side well you know everybody's human the devil is a lie come on come on come on put your hand on your head and say I am spirit-filled. See, when you're not spirit-filled, you'll, you'll get away with that excuse. Oh, I'm just human and everybody make mistakes. Stop it. No, 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 no. How would you feel if I got up and told you that next Sunday? You would look at me and say, oh, he's a hypocrite. Look at your own life the same way. Jesus says here, if you, if, if you really want to be in a place well, you want to please me. You want to see my face. You want to love on me. You want to be in right standing with me. He says, but when you pray, when you pray, but when you pray. He didn't say, but if you pray, if you have to pray. He says, but when you pray, when you pray, when you pray, pray in secret. Come on now. Uh, pray in a place, hallelujah, where nobody can see you. Pray in a place where you're not seeking reward because when I see what you're praying about it is my honor to reward you come on now and I don't reward you publicly I reward you secretly and because you've succeeded secretly you now have public success where now the honor of what you do in secret is now bestowed upon you publicly <laughs> but we honor what is not done secretly and what has not been successful secretly. And so we believe that just because you're a Christian, people are supposed to honor you. Just because you say you love God, people are supposed to honor you. Just because you do this and you do that for God. But have you done it with an earnest heart in secret? When you pray. He says, well, when you pray, and then I like this one, number three, verse number seven. He says, and when you are praying, 
He says, when you pray, pray in secret. But when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetitions as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. Here is a great example to the babe in prayer. When you go in prayer, you don't have to go like this. Well, Father God, we thank you. And we bless you and we honor you. And we simply just ask God that you come down and you visit me. Father, I thank you for being my battle axe. I thank you for being my rose of Sharon. What does it really mean? What did you just say? You just said nothing but a bunch of words. You think about it, when we went to prayer meeting, prayer meeting was hard. That's why it was hard in the old days, because they made you pray. They said, what did you just say? I remember my father, they would get up and they would pray. Father, we thank you for this day and thank you for waking me. He said, hey, 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 stop, stop, stop. Brother, we know God woke you up this morning. Pray the prayer. Oh, Reverend Greg, pray the prayer, brother. Come on, brother, pray the prayer. Get on your knees. Can somebody give me a chair? Because, see, when I went to church, you were sitting there, and they had the chair right here, Carlos. And you walked up. You walked up, and you got on your knees, and you prayed. And you said, Lord, I thank you for hearing my cry today. I, I, I thank you for being a father to my children. I thank you for putting food on my table. Lord, I, I, I thank you, God, for, for keeping me in my right mind. I know that I'm not worthy. But, Father, I thank you for your grace. And, and when you got up, the next person was there. But guess what? If you didn't have no prayer, you didn't get to the chair. Now we call it corporate prayer, where you can pray off of somebody else's prayer. But when I grew up, they said, you can't pray off of my prayer. They would walk around, and they would say, I don't hear you praying. Open up your, I said, open your mouth and pray. Now they say, you can just meditate to the Lord. And the Lord will hear your cry. The devil is alive. He says, when you are praying, make sure that your words mean something. Make sure that your words count. Don't just pray. Uh, he says, when you pray, open your mouth and pray this book. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Lord, you said that you would never forsake me nor leave me. Father, you made a promise that when I go into the city, blessed shall I be. When I come out of the city, blessed shall I be. Father, you said all the days of my life that you would be with me. He says that when you pray, make sure that you are praying what this book says. That's why you got to know what's in the book. That's why you got to know what the word of the Lord says. When you pray, you can't just say our Father who art in heaven and you think that heaven is just some place where the man upstairs lives. You just think that heaven is just some place where you think your best friend is going when he died. Heaven is not that. Heaven is a separated place that has no equality between you and God. It's only the place where God, he himself lives. And it's a place that you don't automatically qualify. 
to fit in. It's a place where the sovereign ruler reigns. It's the place where he sits by himself. He's God, El Elyon. He sits by himself. He's God all by himself. He doesn't need anything from you. He doesn't want anything from you. He's God, the sovereign one. Come on now. When you pray, make sure that you're praying to that God. The God who's God all by himself. Number four. Number four says, I like this in verse number eight. So don't be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask. Come on now. Your, your father knows what you need before you ask. I, I had to learn my daughter because when my daughter grew up, she would use her eyes to lull me to sleep. And one day I said, oh, she's killing me with her eyes. I mean, she would bat her eyes, she would bat them, and I would be like, uh, yes, have what you want. You can have it. But then I finally realized that she would be using her eyes to tell me something else. Her pain, her hurt, her disagreement, her frustration. See, when you think about God, he's not just this mean God that you heard about. That when you die, he's going to send you to hell and you're going to burn for the rest of your life. But let me give it to you. If you don't accept him into your life, come on now, uh, there is eternal life. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's just not this mean God. He, he's the God that knows, but hear what he says. The father knows. Uh, a father knows. Uh, a, a father knows how to get through to you when you are frustrated. Uh, a father knows what to say at the right time. A father knows how to love you and, and rub you in such a way that he won't offend you. God's love for you and I will never offend us to the point that we don't return his love. His love always rubs us in a place where it's correction, but he loves us so much that when he loves us, he knows how to hit you, but then stroke. He knows how to rub you back into the right place. He says that when you pray, before you even ask me, I already know. So there is no reason to blow a loud trumpet. There is no reason to brag. There is no reason to act as if you came here today and you're not hurting. There is no reason to sit here today and act as if you don't understand what, what, what life is happening and things are going on in your life. He says, I already know you're frustrated. I, I already know you're broken. I, I already know know that you're on the verge of quitting. I, I already know that you're on the verge of, of, of committing suicide. I already know that you're on the verge of going back to the bottle. I already know. But when you pray in secret, when you come into my presence, 
the Father. Come on now. I, I need you to just stand on your feet. The Father, the Father, the Father. It's going to be right there. The, the, the Father. I, 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 never, I never forget the moment when my father came to me and he said, you've got the blessing. I never forget the moment that God restored me and my daughter. I, I, I never forget the, come here baby, come here. I never forget the moment that he restored us. I, I, I never forget the moment I was able to hold her in my arms and say, Father, thank you for telling me not to push her away. I, I, thank you for telling me to keep her close. Thank you for telling me to walk with her. Thank you for telling me, Father God, to get down on the ground and crawl with her and walk with her. The nights that I stood and I cried, he says, love her through it. He says, pull her through it. He says, don't let anything, don't let anything. The nights and the days that me and my son would go through and we would get into arguments and I didn't understand where he was going and I would just simply say, I'm done. But God would say, love him, pull him close to you. Whatever you do, don't throw your child away Freddie whatever you do don't throw him away whatever you do don't allow your feelings in the natural to overcome you being his father come on now see this is why it's hard for some of us to call him father because you've never had a father you've never known what it is to have a father who will walk with you You've never known what it is to have a father who will stand right there knowing that you're wrong. And he'll say, I love you. You're mine. And there's nothing that you can do to ever separate it. I would look my son in his eye and I say, there's nothing that you could ever do so wrong that'll cause me not to love you as your father. But guess what? It takes a father to say that. And many of us are broken today in our spiritual relationship because we've never experienced a father in the natural realm. We've never experienced what it means to be loved. We've never experienced what it means. Many of our children are growing up today alone. They're shattered. They're broken. They are abused. But a father, a father, come here, man. I call him son. Come here. Come here. Son. I know you're not my natural son, but I call you son. I call you son today. And from this moment, you'll never, you'll never be alone. What I have is yours. Silver and gold, I have none. But I have a reflection of Jesus Christ in my life. A father. Come here, Keith. A father. My men, they need fathers. And we're wondering why. They're hurting because they've never had a father. A father. A father. A father. I grew up having a father.
But I despised my dad because I thought that my dad wasn't the ultimate dad because he was a Christian man. I thought the cool father was the guy who cheated on his wife. I thought the cool father was the guy who beat his wife. Not understanding that my dad didn't take me to the baseball game, but that never eliminated him from being a father. But the world will tell you, if your dad don't take you to the baseball game, don't buy you this. But can I tell you, he kept food on the table. He pushed a grocery cart from the grocery store across the street through a mall up the escalator out the back of the mall across the lot to the bus put the bags on the bus and he came home that's a father Because fathering is not always pretty. God has fathered us in some unpretty ways. Come on, think about it. He would say, my genies are going to be right there. How did we get the groceries home? We had the red flyer wagons. And we would help my dad get the groceries off the bus. You want to tell me that ain't a father? 57 years. I've never seen him put a hand on my mom. No scandal. But see, the church has affected us to not tell that story. Because they say to us, Los, you bragging, man. And, but had it not been for my father-in-law and my father, I would have lost my life. I would have not married the woman that I'm with today. I would have abandoned my son. But these two men caught me at a dangerous moment in my life. 57 years of a man who worked job after job just to be a father. He gave up his dreams. But a father, you're going to be an excellent dad. It's not about what you didn't get. It's about what you can give her. Always remember that. When Jesus was on the cross, at the end of his life, he called out to his father, not Joseph. He said, where is my dad? How did you leave me here on this cross? I need all my men to just lift your hands. This is our season. It's our time. Fathering is not pretty. Our women are hurting because they're fatherless. 
It wasn't until I took the time to just hear my daughter and say, Daddy, that I always said, she'll know who her father is. That's what God wants you to know. That when the pain is that tough, you'll be able to say, God is my father. Come on, lift your hand. Father, let this prayer be upon us. Forgive us for trying to please you in ways that were unpleasing. But Father, calls us to know you as Father. Calls us to know you as a Father. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Rev, you've not failed, man. You have been a successful father. And that's why you're the father of this church. And I want you to lift your head today. You are our Father. And no matter what you're feeling, may the blessing of the Lord, may we as a church honor you in such a way. May we honor you as our Father. May you see the blessing of the Lord rest on your life. Father, we thank you for 57 years of our spiritual mom and father, 56. We thank you, Father, for our founding mother. We thank you. We thank you. If you're dealing with daddy issues in your life, I want you to just raise your hand. If you're dealing with natural daddy issues in your life, I want you to raise your hand. Come on. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Come on, let me pray for you. Just, just come here real quick. You're just dealing with the issue. Because here it is. Thank you, man. Here is the issue. The daddy issue affects everything in your life. It affects how you trust. It affects how you trust. It affects how you trust. It affects how you see things. And sometimes the church forgets about that we talk about God as a father, but we never really deal with the pain of natural fathering. And we forget about natural fathering. One of the things that, that's really hard for people when they deal with me is that I've been fathered. So I don't know how to go for the okie doke. You know what I'm saying? It's something about when you get around a guy who's been fathered and he looks and he's always looking through the eye of a father. I'm always reminded of how my brother-in-law has such a knack 
to take care of other young men. I mean, we'll pull these guys in and just, that's because he had a father. But then some say, well, I didn't have it. It's because you've probably been around someone who's been fathered. But I want you to lift your hands today, daughter. The Lord says, but I want to relieve the pressure vibe. That pressure of the father, the daddy issues, whatever happened. He says, I want to relieve the pressure vibe. Be free from this moment. Be free from this moment. Ah. Be free from this moment. Be free. Ah. In Jesus' name, be free.